Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. It's an understatement. We are living in troubling times. A pandemic that has crippled much of the world and has thrown people into panic and producing anxiety socially, economically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Racial tension fueled by police misconduct. Violence in our communities, including riots, looting, arson, and shootings. A local and national election cycle that has been riddled on all sides with name-calling, bullying, fear-mongering, and outright lying. I think it's safe to say that the culture of America is under considerable duress. The culture. Culture is the summation of the customs, the arts, the social institutions, and the achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. America has a culture, the foundation of which is described most explicitly in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. In these documents, we find how things are to get done, how changes can be made, how people are to behave with one another, where the power is given, and how the use of power is kept in check to fulfill the principles and practices described in those founding documents. There are many cultures in the world. I believe, however, that for those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, there is one culture that is meant to be above all others the culture of the kingdom of God. This culture is most clearly described in the Holy Bible. That book contains all that is needed to encourage, to equip, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, empower people to live into and up to its standards. This brief sermon series will unwrap some, not all, of the cultural distinctives of God's kingdom. Earlier in the worship, three texts were read for us by Sam's Chandler. The creation in Genesis 1 and 2, the flood in Genesis 6, and the crucifixion in Luke 24. Three incredible events of God's doing that reveal both his power and how he chooses to use it. This morning we will look at the power of God and at least how God uses or prefers to use his power in our world. At the outset, I think it's important to realize that God is not about to trash his creation. Instead, he works diligently to redeem his creation, to bring it back in line with his will. And two questions arise that I seek to address. How does God get the job done? And what does the Bible reveal about the way God uses power to achieve his ends in our life and in the world that he has made? Please pray with me as we commence. Heavenly Father, just a casual view of creation reveals the vastness of your abilities, your creativity, your attention to detail, your power. This morning I ask you to help me convey as fully as possible the preferential nature of your power and how it applies to the power 
and how we use it in our own lives. In the name of Jesus, bring your gospel to bear in our use of power. Amen. It's safe to say there's a fascination with power in the American culture. I succumbed to it as I was growing up. I believe I've mentioned this before, but here it comes again. As an 18-year-old boy, I purchased my first muscle car, you know, a car with power. It happened to be a 1959 Ford Galaxy 500 convertible with a 390 T-Bird V8 engine that I had bored out to 412 cubic inches with a heavy-duty drive shaft and a truck rear end, three-speed on the column, Hollywood glass packs for mufflers, wide red-line tires, and a Continental kit on the back. It was gorgeous. It was loud. It was fast. It was powerful. And I felt powerful behind the wheel as I listened to the rumble of the engine. By the way, it got 3.5 miles to the gallon of Supreme Gasoline. I visited the gas station often more than twice a day. Power's not free. It comes with costs at nearly every level. How about you? Are you or have you been into power? If you're an athletic, athletic, I bet you're into power drinks. If you have a headache, I bet you get extra strength pain medication, you know, medication with power. In fact, I wonder, is there any such thing as regular strength even available anymore? If you have a computer, I bet you want more power so you can have more memory and more speed. And when lightning strikes, I bet you're not pleased if you lose power. Power is huge in our life and in our world. By definition from Merriam-Webster, power, a noun, has three definitions to it. Number one, the ability or capacity to act or perform effectively. Number two, strength or force exerted or capable of being exerted. Another word for it is might. And three, the ability or official capacity to exercise control. In the Bible, we find the word power used more than 275 times, with the spread in the Old Testament and the New Testament about even. So power has a constant presence throughout the Bible. What's interesting to note, however, is that the way power is used, that is the way God uses power, is significantly different for the most part than the way people tend to use power. Robert Capon, in his book, Kingdom, Grace, Judgment, Paradox, Outrage, and Vindication in the Parables of Jesus, sounds like a chapter, writes about power, and specifically God's power, using two categories which were first developed by Martin Luther. The first power category is called right-handed power. He defines right-handed power as use of force you need to get the result you want. Other ways he describes his power are straight line, and in baseball terms, a fastball. The second power category is called left-handed power. He defines left-handed power as, quote, paradoxical power, power that looks for all the world like weakness, intervention that seems indistinguishable from non-intervention, end quote. Other ways he describes this power are parabolic, or in baseball terms, 
a long, slow curveball. Three points this morning I want to bring on power using these categories. Number one, in the hands of God, both categories of power are used. Number two, God prefers one of these categories of power far more often and more recently than the other. And number three, when used by people, only one of these categories of power cannot be touched by evil. Number one, in the hands of God, both these categories, right-handed and left-handed power, are used. The Bible account of creation, Genesis, the end of first chapter and beginning of second, is certainly God's use of straight-line, right-handed power. He used the force he needed to get the result he wanted. What's amazing in the Genesis story of creation is that the force God apparently used was his word. He spoke the word, and it came into being. Another more disturbing use of right-handed power by God is the account of the flood in Genesis 6. We read in the text God's complete and utter disappointment at what people had done to the world and to each other, how far they had distanced themselves from God himself and what he wanted from them and for them. He became sorry that he even made them. So God decides simply to wash everybody but Noah and his family down the drain. And so he does. You know, I must admit, there have been times in my life I would like God to do that again. Get rid of all the bad people. The Hollywood trendsetters who seduce our young people into a false notion of self-indulgence. The music industry leaders who promote lyrics that encourage violence and sexual conquests. The villains of the world who prey on our children. The tyrants of nations who suppress freedom and promote terror. There are times I have wished for God to wash these people down the drain. But as I read the Bible from the story of the flood forward to today, I find that God has made a shift in his use of power. God shows a clear preference for the use of left-handed power. That leads to the second point. God uses one of these categories of power far more often than the other. Following the flood. When the ark of Noah is on dry land, there seems to be a shift in power. Listen to Genesis chapter 8, beginning in verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. End of quote. From that day forward, nearly without exception, God does not directly move, remove evil or evil people from the earth. Instead of right-handed control power, God uses left-handed love power. Journey with me. God calls a man, Abram, to be the beginning of a family and a nation, and through which he will bring himself into the world, prophesying that his son would come. God certainly performed miraculous signs for Moses to set the people of Israel free from slavery. 
but Pharaoh still had the choice of keeping them from leaving, and that is until the final battle at the bottom of the Red Sea. God raised up prophets to challenge the people in their sin and call them to repentance, and God always received them back to himself and his promises for his love and his life. Finally, God shows up in Jesus, not arriving on a white stallion as a conquering warrior to take Israel and free it from Rome, but by arriving in an animal shelter as a tiny baby of a peasant couple. Do you see it? The power of God is showing up, but as apparently helpless, as gentle, and as winsome. When tempted to take charge in the temptation Satan brought to him, Jesus' answer is simply, no. Jesus' mission is not to condemn and destroy, but to redeem and resurrect any and all who would come. Listen to John three seventeen, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. When told by Peter that he must not die, but take over as the Messiah King, Jesus' response to him was, Get behind me, Satan. Peter is thinking of right-hand control power. Jesus came to bring left-handed love power. Jesus wrestles on his final night in the garden with the ultimate consequence and cost of left-handed love power. He seeks another way and yet submits to the plan that he and his father had made long ago, perhaps prior to creation, but certainly in the days of the flood when the rainbow was set in the sky. And Jesus goes to the cross and with left-handed love power says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Luke 23, 35. In his teaching, Jesus reveals left-handed love power most clearly in the story of the prodigal son. The father could have stopped the younger son from leaving, even by force, or at least not given him the resources which he later squandered. But instead, he lets his son go. That's left-handed love power. And then he prayed and watched for his son's return. That's left-handed love power with hope. And when the son did return, he ran to greet him and held a party to welcome him home. That's left-handed love power. By the same token, this father went out to the older brother and pleaded with him to come home and celebrate that his younger brother had returned. That's left-handed love power. We don't know the end of the story, but we do know that this father left the choice with his eldest son. That's left-handed love power. The father was into loving him, not controlling him. Point three. When used by people, only one of these categories of power cannot be touched by evil. While God has the capacity to use power in all its forms and the capacity to use power in a holy sense, we do not possess those capacities. Right-handed control power is the power that corrupts. It is the power that while it can be initiated for good and wholesome reasons, it almost always turns bad, goes too far, and becomes destructive and deadly. Just do a brief overview of human history and see the ultimate results of right-handed control power to this day in our world. Left-handed love power, on the other hand, 
is the power that cannot be touched by evil. It is the power of love, not control. It is the power of the heart of God. Jesus teaches us to be like him, left-handed power people, love power people. Listen to what Jesus said. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 18.3. Jesus said, whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave, Matthew 20. Jesus said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, Matthew 6, 14. He goes on to say, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins, Matthew 6, 15. Jesus said, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me, Mark 8, 24. The greatness of God is clearly revealed by his incredible power of creation, both its initiation and its sustaining power against so many odds that have been thrown its way. The greatness of God is also revealed in the flood of Noah. God had every right to put an end to a people's arrogance, disobedience, and sin. But the overall greatness of God and the culture of his kingdom is revealed by his incredible love for people. In the midst of a life-altering pandemic, during days of the abuse of power and the violent response of angry crowds, in the midst of angry rhetoric and twisted truths by politicians, we must know that the culture of God is still strong and accomplishing its purposes. God's love power, as seen in Jesus' sacrifice, continues to save and redeem people. God's love power continues to transform people into the likeness of God's Son, Jesus the Christ. God's love power continues to give believers and all who will ultimately believe the profound hope of a full, abundant, and eternal life. God's love power will fulfill the promise to send Jesus back for us, and God's love power is currently making a place for us who already believe and for those who will come to believe. Perhaps even through us, God willing. Pray with me. God, help us to be great in your kingdom. Fully engaged and completely sold out to serve others with doses of your left-handed power of love. God, help us to live out your love power in us. To be people who forgive, who bless, and who serve all others. I pray this in the loving name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.